Colin Thomas, We Will Fix It Dubai, James Pikeaway. This is the We Will Fix It show. It's a podcast, and we we generally fix people's lives. UFC. Oh, my Lord. Well done, UAE. Well done, Abu Dhabi. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. So if someone doesn't have an idea what they would see at a UFC event. Yes, okay. So the UFC is the the ultimate fighting championship. So the idea is it's the matchup of all the different styles of martial arts. Uh Um, And uh, the UFC event in Abu Dhabi was literally one of the biggest events they have in the world. Um, An amazing stadium. I mean, just incredible which was built for the event. And I think it was about 15,000 was the capacity there. Two nights before, they'd had the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the same event, (laughs) which apparently they had a few technical issues, should we put it that Uh way, for that uh one. Um, By the time that we were there on Saturday night, it was absolutely perfect. The, um, The food and beverage was excellent yeah. temperature where we were we heard it's a bit hot on the floor but we were up in the stands had amazing seats there thank good, you good, Dan business good, partner good airflow it fans was, that was kind of stuff for us but then we heard that the people on the floor had it a little bit hotter than we did and they were the ones who paid the big money um, so Dan utterly aced the seats I there can't believe we literally got there and were just <laughs> jaw dropped at how, how great a, uh, a view we had um, and basically it was just constant the fights were non-stop yeah. I, was, I was amazed there was just no break in the action at all brilliant show brilliant venue it was just incredible now th- this is people literally using all these different forms of martial arts to ultimately win over another contestant yes competitor the, yeah but the interesting thing is that there's a real clear shift now to um, wrestling as being okay. the, the real one that is the definer um, there's a guy um, uh, called Khabib and no get off I think I've got that totally wrong no 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 we're gonna right close um and he is Dagestani Dagestani I don't even know what that is I think it's it's one of the um the Russian federates or um you know the the areas there and it turns out that these Dagestanis are ridiculously good (laughs) on a new level on wrestling um and just watching these guys and they're fantastic to watch very technical but um Dan over the um over the years has got me uh, to understand UFC a little bit. Oh, more. okay. Uh, he's a so huge, Dan is, huge fan. Dan is the UFC guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I never would have thought that. So, Golf and UFC. Yeah, no. How, how, how do those two come to together? You? Well, mind you, he gets quite angry on a golf course from what I hear, so maybe that's where the um, uh, where the link is. Um, but uh, so I, I, I went there kind of pretty yeah. informed and with Kevin, our um, operations manager as well. So the three of us went down and just had the most fantastic evening. It was absolutely superb. So you got home shattered. Oh, well, I got home at half past three in the morning. So you uh, might as well have just come into the office at that point. Well, the issue was I had um, our new puppy that needed to walk at 6.15. Uh-huh. So I uh, dozed my way around that one. And then I had to do the school run. <laughs> so luckily, I didn't have a um, uh, I didn't have a heavy night at all. I kind of went on to water at about eight o'clock. Uh-huh. So I was fresh from that perspective, but the total lack of sleep was a nightmare. And then um, luckily my wife said, oh, well, once you've done the school run, you can, um, you can go back and have a bit of sleep. And then the curtains opened at 10 o'clock. I'd literally been asleep for an hour. And uh, with the, we've got to take the dog to the vet. I'm like, what? Is it, is it an emergency? Yes. I'm like, oh no, what's gone wrong? 
oh, he's um, he's kind of licking his backside a bit. I'm like, that is not an emergency. Why Why am I awake? Surely this can wait for a few hours. No, 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 I've already booked it. Get up, you're driving me there. And that was basically it. Okay. So I was a mess on Sunday. So I'm, I'm very thankful that this is now Tuesday uh-huh. and um, there's a bit of recovery time that's happened. So and and uh, that. we've managed to kick everyone out of this part of the office. I always feel bad every you and, and Elise, Elise our was manager here, as well. Elise yes. came in today. She was here. I mean, usually she just heads right to the yes. boardroom, but I've yeah. kicked them both out of their offices. I, I don't feel bad about that in the slightest. <laughs> it's all about priorities, isn't it? So on that basis, chaps, off you go. <laughs> and, and I think we've got our video coverage working. And should, this we, is, should we try? There's that is camera one over the, there. Hello, there's, there's camera, hello, one. camera one. There's hello, camera, camera two. two. And we, we put it all up on YouTube. Now, we this is this is coming slowly but surely, but it's... we So we post this in a number of ways. So we post the audio up. In fact, last week's show is, is already live. And Correct. that is on iTunes and Google Podcasts and Anchor and Spotify, everyone's favorite. And then we post up the video about, about a couple weeks later of the conversation on YouTube. So Great. a whole new audience can, you know, when basically when you're at work and you're on, got some downtime, tune into the Potaholics and the We Will Fix It show. Well, there's got some downtime and there's avoiding your boss, isn't there? Well, I, I, so. aren't those two the same thing? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> now that I'm self-employed, I can be ridiculously honest in this situation. There are times where you just go, you know what, I'm just not in the right frame of mind for work. Yeah. So at that point, YouTube is a complete winner, isn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, especially if you're allowed headphones on in your office. Well, that's, that's, that's when it really well, works, got, isn't it? You've got the buds, right? So you can either have the oh, wireless yes, buds in so. or sometimes you just put, you know, you put the, the ones you use on your phone if they're even yeah. corded in you just put those on and everything is good a so, new world yeah exactly poor people having to listen to us <laughs> they have it tough, well, don't i, I want to kick off and and you, you've just saw this this is and this is a topic that, that you're very familiar with and it's the 10 minutes according to colin section of the program we're going to talk about water tanks and why your water tank is definitely dirtier than you think See, it, this one is is fascinating in many ways because the concept of uh, water, especially I suppose in the Middle East, um, is kind of critical to people. Yeah. Yet it's one of the the absolute topics where um, it's out of sight and hence out of mind. Even though you might walk by your water tank or walk over it and it's there, yeah. you know that it's there. Yes. But you don't think anything about it. No. So in the UAE, there's there's basically um, two different main scenarios that we have. We have the underground tank, uh-huh. in which case you probably park your car on it. Yep. Or we have the overland tank, in which case they're normally kind of just overhead height with hopefully a lid on the top. <laughs> hopefully. Which you, you just, why would you open that lid? And also to get to that lid, you kind of need to climb up a bit as well. And they're always covered in sand, so you're then covered in sand. So you don't go up there and open your lid to have a look. You, you want it, something that becomes interesting about those lids is that there are many villas and you will know some of these in Murdoch that have been around for a long time and the tanks are there. The one part of that tank that deteriorates over 20 years is the lid. Absolutely. Try getting a new lid. Yeah, I know. Disastrous, isn't it? Where from? You've got to wait till someone's throwing out a tank and has got a good lid. But they tend to deteriorate and you can't replace them. They're also almost always different sizes. Yes. Which I've never understood. <laughs> You'd have thought the lid bit, its job is simple, which is to allow access for cleaning. Yeah. Um, but more than that, oh, and also if you need to fit new parts to it. But it basically, it's, it's person-sized, normally a small person yeah. at that. But um, yeah, they're, they're all variable, which yeah. is, is really 
bizarre. And if you're not checking these things, you could literally have no lid on your water tank for years. Yes. And you might have two water tanks, one way up on your roof as well. Yeah. And you don't have a clue what's going on. Well, the other thing is, if you imagine the other side of it, the bit that you do see, uh. the bit that you do see is either when you're showering, alternatively, um, quite a lot of people use the water out of the taps to brush their teeth. Right. Which, um, based on what is provided by Dewa, is perfectly safe. Yes. The issue occurs when it's come from Dewa, perfectly fine, and into your tank. Well, if your tank is unknowingly dirty, it may, and it's highly likely that it won't be dirty enough to actually turn the color of the water to give you an indication that there is a problem. However, so it's coming out of the tap and it looks clear. So you automatically think it's clean. But the reality is, unfortunately, radically different mm. um, if it hasn't been uh, cleaned recently. And I think this is this is the key thing. The water coming from Dewa is perfectly good. Yes, it's clean, it it's sanitized, it's ready to go. Yep. It's once it hits our place that it becomes a challenge. And I remember the story that Dan had when he moved into his new accommodation uh, yes. and you know all is good he's happy and then they took a look in the tank yeah and literally there was a film over the top of the water and um, uh, Dan's wife Tina was there at the time and she was almost physically sick this is a brand new property where as part of the handover process they supposedly had already cleaned it and um, and literally as soon as we and the problem there is so that is uh, Dan's place is an underground tank mm. now to physically get the lid off which has um, a big uh, bricks as part of the lid you need two specialist um, uh, keys we call them which is to lift it you need two guys as well because it's so heavy yeah they're heavy to physically lift it well who's actually going to do that as a process <laughs> yeah but what we try and do is we, we the first stage when we are tank cleaning is to show people actually the condition of their water and some of those I mean we have on our website we've got some um, examples of, of um, tanks that we've cleaned we will fix it dubai.com yes absolutely and um, and they are almost always shocked you know your best case scenario um, if it hasn't been cleaned in the last six to eight months um, is a lot of sand in the bottom well that sand isn't the kind of sanitized sand that you use for uh, for mm. a cleaning bed a filter bed that's just sand that's come off the streets and, um, and and whatever that entails um worst case scenario we've had plenty of birds that have been in uh, in tanks before oh, yeah. um, well, and, they, and they'll, they'll stand on the edge of the tank if there's no lid yes they in inevitably turn around and they go to the washroom into your water tank yeah we found we found them before now um which which, uh, which is just unbelievable, inside sealed. So when the, it's been sealed, at some point previously, obviously it had been left open, the bird had got in, nobody had spotted it, and put the cover on, which was just wow. incredible. Wow. And, but standard is a lot of algae growth. And okay. um, when you've got algae growth in there, then again, that creates bacteria, um, and, uh, and then you're in a whole world of pain. Now, Dubai Municipality recommends that um, every six months you should clean your water tank. Is it, is it mandatory, though, for landlords to follow those regulations it's mandatory in a commercial environment uh, and also uh, within apartments okay assuming that the uh, the owners association or whoever has been tasked with that is following that mandate right which is a big question mark so if i'm just renting from a landlord 
that landlord does not have the obligation to follow through on cleaning a couple times a year. No, it's a recommendation. Ah. Now, the other thing which Dubai um, municipality, I always have a problem with that word. Have you noticed, James? Yeah, I, think yeah, is, yeah. I can't say municipality. No, no, I don't know why. I really concentrate. <laughs> right. So their um, uh, approach has been fantastic, which is um, they train companies to standardize the process in which a tank is cleaned. What that means is that those people who have been through that process, and it's it's amazing, it's not only a company approval, but it's an individual um, water tank cleaner approval uh-huh. separately for oh, every okay. single person that is going to be cleaning those tanks has to go on a Dubai municipality course. So, so, so is it possible that people are actually cleaning tanks who don't have any training and they're nine, just... 90 to 95% of tank cleaners in Dubai are not approved to do that. So they're just throwing in some Clorox, wiping it down with a, a sponge and saying it's clean. Whatever it might be that they are trying to use. <sighs> okay. okay. Now the, the chemicals that are suggested by du, uh, Dubai municipality are excellent. They're really, really good. But you absolutely have to know the 15-stage process to go through. 15 stages? Yeah, absolutely. To, to do it properly and... Um, uh, and 15 safely. stages? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. And um, and it takes, you know, for, for our guys, on a, on a good one, um, for us, it will take them two and a half to three hours. On a, a bigger tank or one that's got more problems, it's up to four hours to get that process done. Hmm. And again, you know, it's one of those things that is just so far out of sight and out of mind that people tend to not really think about it when the kids are getting the stomach yeah, bug or yeah. um, you know it has um, effects also from from showering you know part of the issues um, uh, with hair loss are coming down to the quality of the water it can also be due to be fair it can also be due to the hardness of that water as well which is a different scenario entirely yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they all are contributing factors is it expensive this process I mean, uh, generally around the 850 dirham okay. mark um, unless you've got a monster yeah. uh, of a tank but so it's not it's not ridiculous no no so it's it's in the zone where you you look at it and say this is something i'm going to do a couple times a year it's for my health it's for my benefit i'm this i'm consuming this water this yeah. is this is well within the range but there's kind of a practical side to this as well so we've got the dubai uh, municipality recommendation of every six months yeah. for us in our opinion you can go assuming that you've got a tank that is well sealed um okay. and uh, hopefully is in good condition you can leave that probably till once a year and be perfectly okay. safe it when you when you find a tank with the broken lid do yes. you, do you, are you able to source new lids for these things or do you fabricate rarely. something? So what, rarely. what do you do? So there's a couple of different scenarios there. Either we can um, we can arrange fabrication, we actually throw that to a third party uh-huh. and uh, how that tends to work is um, an inner plastic seal uh, with uh, that is then uh, completely sealed around and then a cover on top okay. to prevent that from degrading yeah. um, or alternatively we have to push them in the direction of a, um, a manufacturer for them to, to deal with it themselves. Uh-huh. The majority of them, we just can't get anything that that would be OEM. (laughs) Difficult one. Yeah, there we go. So just to kind of summarize that, the important things to remember are, first of all, we know you can't see it, but you need to do that between every six months, which is uh, the recommendation from uh, DM. Or alternatively, for us, we think, assuming that you have a good tank, and again, our guys will advise honestly on that, um, that once a year should work just fine for you. Only use somebody that is approved for the process and um, and don't leave it because you'll then be in a whole world of pain later on. There we go. It's that simple. That's 
10 minutes, according to Colin, we were talking water tanks. Appreciate that. I got to get mine cleaned is what I'm saying at this point. Yeah, well, it should be, it should be a landlord's job. Yeah. You know, um, tank cleaning is something that any, any decent landlord who actually values his tenant would do. And right now it's a tenant's market. So it's a great time to say to the landlord, you know what about that rent, um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, paying for the uh, the rent going forward. I want more for my money, and it's not just a reduction in the rent. It's yeah. and I want you to actually maintain your uh, your property yeah. properly. The number of people moving right now, as you're saying, it's a renter's market. I don't know if people are moving to apartments, or if they're moving to new villas, if they're moving away. I, I have no, I have no sense of that. But I just see so many places for rent around me, and I see so many people physically moving. I see the moving trucks. It's an interesting one because there's the the migration that kind of happens around Dubai when yeah. rents go low. So you've got basically the um, uh, the people that were in Sharjah are now coming in and uh, taking out their international city. Yeah. or uh, Satwa, Karama, these kind of areas. Yeah. Well, and and there's a, there's a whole group of, of properties right now just uh, in in on the other side of Airport Road by Murdiff. Yes. Which I have no idea what they call that particular area at this I mean, point. and that kind yeah, of Yeah, Mahazna. Yeah. But it's, it, it's just on the other side of Airport Road, right beside the Etihad Mall and, and the turnoff uh, from yes. Murdiff, yeah, yeah. where there used to be, years ago, a, a, a whole housing development, uh, low rise, mm. uh, you know, five stories, that they tore down. Uh, but right. they rebuilt it just recently. They just finished phase one. There's going to be a thousand units in there, maybe more. Yeah. And it's not occupied yet. They haven't, they haven't handed it over. And I'm just looking at that going, wow, this is going to draw a whole bunch of people back into the area. Yes. And, and they could be living over where I'm living at this point and saying, yep. you know what? I'm going to move over on the other side of the road because I'm going to get a brand new place and rents are, are down. So I'm getting brand new for better than I'm paying now. But that, that's going all the way through the market because mm. you've also got the Alcudra Road, right. Mira, Mira Oasis, Town uh, Center, which is Again, massive multi, I about multi those areas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you then got the migration, which goes from probably Dubai Marina, um, that is going, oh, you know, we, we can now afford a villa. So yeah. let's go into that direction. So this whole migration is happening right now. Um, you know, one of my, my really good friends, Rick at MacPack, uh, is uh, a fantastic removals um, outfit. And he's having uh, great times at the moment, <laughs> which is lovely for him <laughs> because it really is a boom to bust industry. That. Yeah, so yeah. it's great to see that things are going, going really well there. Um, but again, you know, it's just the migration within Dubai. Yeah. Well, and then that opens up the whole other side of when I'm leaving a place, returning the walls and, you know, pulling out those concrete nails that you put in instead of plugs and patching the holes and and whatnot. It's an interesting one because, you know, there's just been um, a, uh, a new... I don't know if it's a decree or um, just a new guideline, uh, which is that now tenants do not have to repaint a property when they okay. vacate. That is the landlord's oh, responsibility. Really? Yeah. It's done actually about um, about uh, a year ago now. I don't think um, people realize uh, that because I, I've talked to a lot of folks I know who are moving and they're all up, you know, not up in arms, but it, they're they're stressing out about the fact that they've got to repaint. Absolutely not. And it's there. So search uh, online, you'll find it, hand it to your landlord and that's the end of that. Okay. Uh, if they decide to be difficult, the wonders of the uh, rear rent committee will um, straighten them out. Mm, okay. Well, Let's that's good that to know. Yeah. Filling the holes, though, you should probably do that. I think that's just decency, really, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. um, filling holes, it's ready to go for paint. Um, but that said, as part of the that's process... A, that's, a, that's a lot easier to do, though, than having to, you know, fill in the holes, get it, get it ready to go. I mean, not that it's easy, depending on how many holes you have, but... 
that makes it a lot easier than me then having to prime it and throw the paint on it and away we go. Yes, but most people just go, you know, big um, big load of filler, <laughs> slap straight over the hole. That's not how you do it. Yeah, you know, if you yeah. especially if you want, you know, no more hassles with your deposit. Yeah. And um, the right way of doing it is first of all get a um a quite a thick um a bit of tape, so uh, masking tape. Uh-huh. Put that over the hole, grab a pen, stick the pen through the hole, and then get the filler mixed with a little bit of paint and stuff it into the hole. So am I buying the filler pre-made in a in a bucket at, at Ace or Speedex, or am I doing, you know, the I can buy the box of polyfiller or whatever they're calling it now. Yep. Am I buying it and mixing it myself? What do you recommend? Uh, for me, I would mix um, okay. because it tends to mean that you can get the consistency right, and also it doesn't dry quite as quick, mm. which in this kind of environment, if they dry too quick, they can tend to shrink and crack. So I so, prefer, and you're mixing the paint into the stuff? Yes. Yeah, ah. mix the paint with it. So you don't the, need much. Are you using the paint a little bit like the liquid that you're using to, if you're mixing it? Yeah. So no, I wouldn't. Uh, no, I wouldn't just use paint. I'd just yeah. use a dob of paint and then um, the water and um, okay. uh, the water and the um, uh, polyfiller mix, and then straighten the hole and then rip it off when wet. Oh, so, when wet. Yes, because otherwise um, you will end up with it, it sticking, which is not what you want. So how do, how do you handle the fact that when the stuff dries, it tends to contract? Tend tend to then have to do one final one again just, just really to get quick. it but again with that one just a little bit on your finger and just over the hole itself just to give it a, a, a final how, how scenario long, how long does it take for in that scenario I put the tape on yeah. which is a great tip I never would have thought of doing yes, that it's a good one that isn't it how long does it take for that stuff to dry because it's in the wall yeah. even though it's warm I mean my kitchen I I've, I've was was looking at it the other day and it just had the thermometer there's like 86 degrees yeah so Fair it depends night. if you've got something like that where it's a nice warm room it can be two hours yeah. okay um, and, Two, and that's not bad again. Yeah. So yeah, you're, looking, you're only really looking at a couple hours. But again, not too wet mix. Don't get it too uh, wet. That's yeah. when you end up with all sorts of problems with runs and sags, which is the real yeah. problem. And you see so, that a lot. Yeah. So keep it as dry as you can. And you don't need a huge amount to do okay. um, to do a place. You're wearing gloves so, when you do that? Are you wearing rubber gloves when you do that? Or are you just doing it? I mean, because I always often think that there's, you know, like lime and stuff in, in those mixes. Or, I've never found anything no, that's, that's, that's going to hurt my hands. Okay. I must admit, I'm not fully aware of the health and safety side okay. of it. So maybe there is. In fact, yeah, it would but maybe I'm thinking concrete alignment. or something, but maybe maybe there's not. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. What's... I mean, at the end of the day, a pair of rubber gloves is is easy enough, and yeah. peanuts to buy. So that that would uh, that would make a lot of sense. But you're not tossing a whole. You're not getting your whole hand immersed in it. So oh, no, it'll be absolutely fine. And then you know, if you uh, the problem with the spatula is you oh. end up over the <laughs> yeah. area, and then it's a whole world of pain. And a landlord quite rightly would say, you know, what is this? Yeah. Why have you left it like this? Well, and then you got to do some so, sanding, and then yeah. you take. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that that's, that tends to be where the um, mm. where the issues lie. So, are you finding as as the MacPack guys are doing a whole bunch of moving? Are you finding that you guys are getting called in to help you know put up the flat screen TVs and that kind of stuff? Yeah, is- absolutely. We I mean we we do work alongside MacPack. It's it's an odd one because. Um, there isn't any other incentive. Whilst we work alongside them, um, there isn't any incentive for us ever to recommend somebody that we don't trust. Well, yeah. Matt Pack have moved me five times, or myself and my family, uh, including my mother-in-law and brother-in-law. Five times. Yeah, around uh, around Dubai over the years. I mean, we that's knew, a lot of moving. We knew him in the early days. Well, my mother-in-law's moved. To be fair, she's moved what. 
twice. I've moved twice, brother-in-law once. So it's kind of a split amongst the okay. amongst the family, but universally brilliant. Mm. And it's lovely when you find contractors like that, and that's who you want to work with. There isn't a kickback. People often wonder this. You uh, know, absolutely. Anyone because we recommend, there is no money involved. I'm instantly going to think that because yeah. I'm, you know, people are just cynical as they well, nothing's for free. Well, that's I guess that's a kind of Dubai scenario, but yeah. our our scenario on that is very different, which is when we find people um, that are good, we want them to make us look good by the recommendation. Right. Well, if we are incentivized with some kind of kickback um, to recommend somebody, then A, it, it completely overrules whether or not they are very good at what they do. Mm. And secondly, it gives them an incentive to cut corners on a job because they've got to pay us a bit of kickback as well. Yeah. But we've got no interest in that. We want our customers to uh, to have equally good supplies in areas where we don't work. Mm. Um, and on that basis, that's really where, where our recommendations come from. It's, it's, I find when, when we're moving, it's all the little things. Not that I've moved because I I haven't yes. because I just don't want I don't I don't want the headache so I haven't moved although you know but but 20 years in little things are just starting to to creep in and it's okay I gotta I gotta work on this I gotta work on that but yeah. and then I often say maybe we just move you know maybe it's just time to move you and ready I, no no I didn't think you were it's, <laughs> oh, this is hypothetical isn't it James? it's all you know it's, it's almost like when I when I talk to folks about getting a new car yeah and people say oh you know and, and often people say oh you're dry you're you know your wrangler is is, is it's, it's getting old and it's got a lot of creaks and cranks and then and, and, oh, awesome, and then i man. then i'll say you know yeah maybe it's time to get a new wrangler and then i'll start talking about it and then folks look at me and they go you're never going to get a new one like why are you even talking about it except maybe a gladiator now there's a bit of kit i you know i saw one this summer and it's funny because we've got a split in the family my wife and my uh, youngest think they're the ugliest vehicle they've ever seen. Well, it's been nice knowing them, hasn't it, James? <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, no, no, no. My oldest and myself think they are the bomb. Like they yes. are. And, and The Rock drives one in Shaw, Hobbs and Shaw. He drives one at one point in Samoa. Yeah. So I'm looking at it going. <laughs> well, you're going to go to Samoa one day, aren't work, you? Works for The Rock, works for me. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> I, I, think mean, it's, I think it's the best of all worlds. Uh, well, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because um, I've had a lot of... In fact, did I tell you that back in the day, I used to be a bit of a Wrangler specialist. This is... We're going back 15 years here. And as you know, I'm a bit of a car buffed um, set of this. There, there has been a little a little talk and not necessarily the best talk. And in fact, there was an accounting for the fact that you like to have the headphones that you're wearing rather loud. Yes, I did. And, and yeah. the, the comeback from Glenn, that car guy, was probably that's to override the voice in your head that's pushing you to buy Pajeros. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But Glenn doesn't know about my Jeep years. You know, I had this um, this filler in Barsha and we're going back to like 2005, 2006. And it had this enormous paved front um, area inside the wall. And I'm like, I was wondering, well, how many cars are going to get in here? Well, the record was that I had 11 um, Jeep TJs at, at one time. 11 Actually, TJs? No, I had two YJs as well at the time. And, and one day I thought, you know, wouldn't it just be great to get all the boys around and we'll take every one of them out June wow. bashing okay. wow well that's the theory is wonderful right the actual yeah. reality was I didn't even think whether or not these guys had ever driven off road before <laughs> and of course they we, we got like 200 yards and they were all stuck up. I just I couldn't believe they were as useless as they actually were and and it's not one of those where you can go oh you know what we'll enjoy ourselves you know off we yeah. go every one of those was mine <laughs> 
I literally had like 11 problems and 11 pulls to try and do. Oh, and it was man. just ridiculous. So, so how did it transition to Pajero's? How, how has this happened? Well, then basically everything got cashed in, including yeah. my personal fleet. There's about five or six as well. It was nuts. Um, to to set up we will fix it yeah so uh or jim will fix it back in those days and so for a long while whilst we struggled for quite a while i i just that was it you know yeah. i had nothing i mean we started off with a i bought a uh, from auction and uh, um a chevrolet uplander which was an, an uplander ex, yeah because wow it, it was an ex to buy taxis yeah it came in the full colors you know the beige <laughs> and the red roof this one and we bought it at five hundred and sixty thousand kilometers um, oh and that was our only vehicle for Dan and I we had a couple of vans at that stage in 2008 but that was our only vehicle and we were virtually out on every job we did an additional 75,000 kilometers in seven months I think it was and this that car was probably one of the most critical bits of kit that we ever had for the business because it just kept going you know we we blew everything on it but we could (laughs) the lovely thing was that they were all getting scrapped at that stage so it didn't matter what you wanted it was 100 dirhams and it would fix it again but we were constantly both driving it the whole time and it did really well for us then we kind of went through cars and cars and cars and it's only really in recent years that I've been able to get back to this and um, and so uh, I spent, I don't know, two or three years, which was just interesting projects, silly projects that were never going to make any money, but just really enjoyed doing them. And, you know, online is um, details of the 2004 Twarag that I did. It was a total disaster. And Glenn, actually, <laughs> I rented it to Glenn, uh, the car guy, for a year just because I needed it reliable. <laughs> and after spending so much money on it, there was no way it could ever sell for sensible money. And that actually only went a few months ago. Really? Yeah. And then we had a Saab convertible that somebody was leaving and um, and so that arrived and that's now out with a friend as well and then I kind of um, I ended up with my first Pajero I don't know about um, 18 months ago maybe two years ago and um, and they're, they're the perfect car um, if you want a hobby of, of um, cars coming and going and mm. um, because there's such a huge market for them you know the optional seventh seater the, yeah. uh, the flat boots the fact they are ridiculously reliable but yeah. you know the reality which I'll be very honest about is they drive like a tractor yeah. and, um, and they've got absolutely <laughs> no go even the top of the range ones so it's a kind and, of and they're a, designed like that I mean, yeah, they're oh, designed yes. to be just reliable they are but they, it's ridiculous you can't I've had, I had one that came in with a guy who wanted a new one and uh, it had done I don't know 350,000 kilometers something nuts and it came in I sent it to Glenn to do the usual um, check at Sundance Tires and he came back and said well you know what fundamentally it's absolutely fine <laughs> I was like really it's just insane so um, so basically I, I end up with I don't know two or three at any one time and um, and they come and go and it's uh-huh. it's all a bit of fun but for me the, the critical thing now is it's not been done for money it's not yeah. about that it's because I really just enjoy trading cars yeah. so um, they I stick to cars that aren't going to embarrass me so accident-free cars, without uh-huh. a doubt, with plenty of warranty. So they're pretty new on the whole. But you're not driving so. one yourself. No, I don't. <laughs> the reason is... The wife driving one? No, no. no. She's, Dan I, driving one? Dan won't. Actually, no, he will. He's quite positive. Oh, oh, it's bizarre. Oh. When he's got no wheels, all of a sudden, he's like, did I ever mention how I actually quite like the Pajeros? I'm like, oh, you need another one. Right, no problem. Help yourself. <laughs> But um, what it boils down to for us is my mother-in-law lives quite near to us and bless her, she's always there to help us out. But the um, she also comes shopping with us. Okay. And the issue is with two young kids with um, oh two car seats, yeah. then 
mother-in-law in the middle is a little bit tight. Uh-huh. So therefore, I needed something wider. So hence, I have a Nissan Patrol now, and which I absolutely love as well. Um, but it's kind of a very different price point to um, absolutely. The Pajero, so. It's a very different machine. Yeah, as well. it is. It is. So um, as a result, the um, I keep, I always keep one car, which is just the reliable. This is the family car, and then everything else can kind of come and go. And I'm really lucky actually where I live because um, I've got directly outside the house. I've got parking for 10. Um, okay. So, generally so you're speaking, taking up all the visitor parking. Well, I try and I try only use like four or five maximum at one four time or five. so that the other neighbors have some space. But what my wife doesn't know or doesn't really think about, thank goodness, is there's an equal size parking on the other side. So if I go crazy, I've got that side, which are the cars that I haven't declared yet. And then they gradually get transferred from that side to this side. And oh, well, there's a new car there. So um, yes, a little bit of minor deceit is always good within a marriage. <laughs> I want to jump back to water for a second. Oh, yes, we should. But, we? No, yes. I only want to jump back to water because you have been doing quite a lot of work with water, creating the pure water that you use yes. for your window washing, which means you know a lot about the water. Yes, true. And we were talking about hardness of water, and then people sometimes talk about softness with water. Yeah. I'm forever dealing, and, and this is not a criticism, so I don't want DWA to, to take this as a criticism, but something has changed in the DWA process in the last 10 years, because I used to find my water was actually pretty, uh, the, the pH was, was a little bit low, mm. and and now I find the pH is, it's still in the ideal range, but it's in the high ideal range. Yeah. And I'm constantly dealing with this pH in my jacuzzi. And, you know, you're dealing with it in, in your pure water. Yes. I'm dealing with my jacuzzi, but it's it's still a need to deal with the water. And, and it has... As you as you mentioned when we were talking about water's coming water coming out of the tank, it can have an impact on your skin. It can have an impact on your hair. Yeah, and this is the process when it's already clean. So I, I wanted to it's, pick your brain on the water a bit. You see, this is an interesting one because this is kind of the different approaches to water. If you imagine from our perspective, what we are more interested in is total dissolved solid. Yeah. So rather than actually working on pH, which we actually don't do, you don't even think about it. No, we don't even think about it. What we work on is um, how pure is that. water? water, how do we get it down to zero parts per million total dissolved solid so it will work effectively as a cleaning agent? So when we're looking at the water coming out of the tap, it's not pure water. No, oh, no. And Absolutely the water not. coming from Masafi, the water coming from Alain water, the water coming from May Dubai, which is coming from yes. the, de- the desalination plant as well. It's a de- that May Dubai is Diwa, which I, wow. I don't think a lot of people realize that. It's owned by Diwa. It's owned by Diwa. I love that water. I, I do too. And I only I only yeah. found that out when I was at Diwa one day in the PR department with some of my interns from, from the Z- Zaid University. And I'm talking to the PR guy and he's talking about made, because I say made to buy water. And he goes, well, we own it. No. And I'm going, that's what I said. I said, no. And he said, nice branding, huh? <laughs> it is. It's really but they nice don't, they don't have the Diwa on it. Thought, hey, that's fascinating, isn't it? Because I always wondered how uh, my Dubai was able to use the word Dubai within their branding. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. But uh, actually, let's get back. There's so, a, really, there's so a pure, really important point there. So this idea of pure water, none of this water would, it, it, I mean, it's all drinkable. It's all, it's all good water, but it's not pure water. Yes. And pure water is very bad for you. Ah, so this is the other side. Yes. You don't want pure you water. You do not want to be drinking pure water. 
right? A zero parts per million total dissolved um, uh, solid water basically acts like a magnet. Oh if you were to drink it, all of the, the goodness, the minerals that are in your body would literally act like a magnet, get pulled into it and be depleted from your body. Okay. It's really that's, not that's good horrible. for you. Yeah, it's an industrial process water, um, not to be confused with uh, a drinking water, which has minerals. Quite often they'll, they'll uh-huh. add the minerals, but it's a very cleverly balanced water, so low right. sodium as well. All these yeah. kind of things that are really important for a drinking water are exactly the opposite for mm. an industrial process water, which is what we're looking to create. Okay. So then you have, um, but then you have other things which are uh, do make sense for uh, pulling out some of the chemical within um, uh, water as well. So you have things like um, uh, filters, carbon filters, which yeah. is a is a good side. Should I have one of those at my home, like a carbon filter at home? Like I see them sold all over the place. It depends what you're using the water for, to be honest. Yeah, I'm brushing my teeth, cooking in the kitchen, having no. a shower. No, no, you're absolutely fine. <laughs> if you physically, um, there is a, a reaction to standard Dewa water, and you've cleaned your tank recently, then at that point, maybe. But Which, then, going back to 10 minutes with Colin, yes, people often will blame the water when it's not the water. It's it's your, your tank, your distribution yeah. system in your own home that's got a problem. Yes. The other thing that is a massive um, failure from the, these companies that are peddling these filters is a filter by its very nature will decrease the pressure in your home. Oh. So there's... there's all these filters that arrive, and I mean, literally, I look at them and I laugh because <laughs> they have half-inch outputs, yeah. and they are placing them directly next to a tank, which, yeah. first of all, oh, sorry, directly next to a pump. First of all, way too much pressure for um, for these filters to be directly next to the pump. So Se- they're not. So the water's going through it so fast that it's not filtering it. Well, it's not that it's not filtering it. It's that the damage that it will do to those filters because it's yeah. way beyond the bar level that it should be um, is not great. Now there which are, is a big question to ask if we're, yes. we're, we're replacing those filters. Yes, so then there are filters here which are designed, but they're huge for um, full house um, mm. scenarios. But if you already have slightly dodgy water pressure somewhere in your house... Which I think a lot of people do. Lots of people do. I would not for one second suggest that you approach it that way. Mm. Instead, work out where you actually need that uh, ultra-clean or cleaner water, let's put it that way, um, and uh, then do one localized filter in that location kitchen sink might okay, be a good one I see. one bathroom the bathroom that um you know the, the lady of the house uses yeah that makes sense but to to go and do a full uh, a full property filter mm. i wouldn't personally mm. the other thing that's fascinating yeah. is the type of filters that are being used well there's so many yeah. this is i mean i i've seen them you know you, you just have to walk to car four Yes. They got a whole rack of four or five different makes of filtration systems. They all operate slightly differently. They've all got different filters. They all do different things. Then there's a guy knocking on my door. He's got a filter system that he wants to install. And I'm going, uh, you know, it it gets to the point where I'm going, there's so much here. Yes. I've got to do so much research. You know what? I'm just going to stay with what I got. Yeah. I mean, in effect, there are only really two types of filtration that when it all boils down to it, you either got a, um, a physical filter, which is a bit like the sieve that you have in your kitchen. It's mm. just much finer. Okay. So the standard um, uh, paper filters that, that people have, five micron, they call it often a sand filter yeah. because that's the kind of size that that will pull out. That would normally be your first stage that you would have. You can then have a second stage, which can go down to one micron um, at that stage. And then you might have a chemical filter as well, Ooh. which is the uh, the charcoal filter. Okay. Often it's um, uh, coconut based actually. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that goes 
goes into as well, but that can come with its own issues also. Alternatively, you have reverse osmosis, um, which is the process by which the water is passed through uh, the semi-permeable membrane. It looks like a huge cartridge. Uh um, And uh, then only um, pure water comes out of the, uh, the bottom of that. Two problems with it. First of all, the waste uh, wastage rate. You will oh. lose about between 50 and 60% of your water if your water isn't that great anyway. Um, you know, you can get down to 30%, but then the filter itself starts fouling. So that can be a bit of a problem. Um, so that's the, uh, the first issue. And the second issue is the filters are pretty expensive and the flow is not all that dramatic. And how often do I need to change these filters on, on a rule? I mean, I guess it depends on how bad the water is. Six months. Six months. Yeah. But then yeah. how it's normally used in a domestic environment is just on a kitchen tap where right. they fit in one additional tap there and that way they okay, have that, a, that works. Yeah, but it takes up most of the uh, the oh. uh, cupboard underneath to fit, uh, fit it in. And there was a lot of Chinese stuff out there. So mm, I never even thought it. I wasn't even thinking Dragon Mart. Yeah. And interestingly enough, it has <laughs> a big USA stickers all over it for that Chinese stuff, which is very interesting in the way that it's promoted. Yeah. So they, they have their value. And if you wanted, for instance, to have drinking water, um, then at that point, reverse osmosis has its value. Mm. If it was me, without a doubt, I would want it to go through some kind of UV um, scenario as well to make sure that bacteria level is right yeah. down, even with clean water, yeah. um, before personally I would I would want to go through that process. Ah. In fact, that's how I, I heard it being sold recently was get get the drinking water. The Dewall water is perfectly fine. Yes, it is. Get your drinking water without going and buying all those extra bottles that are getting dropped off, which yeah. is quite the remarkable market, actually. It is. That's a whole different world. Um, but have you ever uh, been? Have you ever been to one of those one of the factories where they fill those things? No, I've seen the equipment, but I haven't actually been it's, around. It's the pretty interesting when they yeah. with, with the bottles because it's like a little grommet that then gets blown up and expanded and then filled and then they put ozone in in the bottles. Yes, I knew that. Yeah. So that it so the water will last. Yes. And I thought and that's why they always say don't keep refilling these things because it's got nothing to counter the bacteria yeah. that can and will develop inside of a plastic environment so yes very interesting place to go yeah, to yeah absolutely i love plastics factories <laughs> i used to do lots of that back in a, a very long time ago of uh, a bottle design all that kind of stuff and it is it's fascinating isn't it yeah but um no i must uh, i must try and get around a water factory sometime <laughs> my dubai let's go there that's only down the alcatra road isn't it so it could be easy yeah maybe we should head off down there that would be go find and get a tour and, and have a chat i wonder whether they do do tours ah, yeah i got to talk to the guys over at Dewa because I, I know the guys over at PR. If you're, if you're going, I want to yeah, go yeah. too. Well, so we, now we got two things. We've got we've got uh, the. Well, I want to do the solar farm if you remember. Okay, we got the which so, is out your way. Now isn't we've it? got three things. So we got oh, right. the solar farm. Yeah, definitely. We've got my Dubai, and oh, we've yes. got the recycling guys. Enviroserve. Enviroserve. Well. Oh man, they're doing really well for us. Now. And and I got to tell you, I I've I've been talking to those guys since they started. Yes. When they were just doing some electronic stuff before they got into the refrigerant cleaning and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Now they've expanded through the roof and and I, I've been talking to them since the beginning and I keep promising I'm gonna come by, let's have a chat and and you know now that that they've got so many folks working there and yes. so much going on. Dustin's over there, or at least Definitely. he was. I don't know if he's still there. He is, yeah. Okay. 
yeah. Yeah, I saw well, him last you, week. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah. You know, our, our kids go to the same well, school, which is so. how we ended up working <laughs> with them. Isn't it ridiculous how Dubai works? Yeah. But it's been the best thing ever. So now all of the gas that we use, all the refrigerant mm. gas that we use is recycled. There you go. Which is wonderful. And it's the fascinating thing was the response that we got from, uh, from our technicians, yeah. which was, this is better than the original stuff. And we were like, what? <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a cost benefit as yeah, well. It's, yeah. it's one of those win-wins for the environment, for uh, for business. Yeah. Um, and they're great people to deal with. So. Well, that's exactly it. So yes. we've, we've got like roadshows we need to do. It's like, I agree. The only thing getting in the way is my time. Yeah. Because I, I spend, you know, pretty much my entire week at Zide University yes. lecturing and have one day a week where I do other things, which is like record podcasts. Yes, exactly. And so I just got to figure out, I got to figure out the time. You're busy, busy man. I'm, you know when we're going to do this? I've already, I figured it out. Right. Is we come to a point in December where it's examination time and uh, I don't have to be, because I don't have, I only have so many exams. So maybe we can do it during the exam period. What about tour week? Uh, can we do that? As in we all, we tour around and do it all yeah. like in one hit. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I wonder whether we could bring some of the other guys in as well. Yeah. Well, so and we this, talked about that, didn't we? And I keep, I get this every week. So Dr. Jenna, I was talking to her, Jenna Burton, yes. who's hilarious. I mean, she uh-huh. she is just a a cracker, uh, and, and she does air ambulance stuff right now. So wow. yeah, she's doing like full trauma evacuation from Afghanistan and all that oh, kind of stuff brilliant. with SOS uh, International. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a hilarious story. But she's yeah. just a cracker because all she says, when are we going to get together with everyone? Because she because well, she said, you know, she and she's. Met Glenn in passing, right? So because she needed some car stuff, so I said, "Hey, you better talk to Glenn." Yes, absolutely. She's got some folks who are calling your guys because she someone was talking to her about getting something repaired. I said, "We will fix it. Give them a call. These guys will sort you out." She's going. I want to meet everyone. And she's she had Andrew, who I do tech with. She hasn't seen him in two years. She's saying, "Why don't we just do something?" And Glenn keeps saying it every week. We have to do this. But you know, when you put it together like that, you think how different we all are. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the first thing about anything medical. Luckily, Natalie. My my wife is really good at that. Yeah. But I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it'd be a heck of a conversation. And with Glenn talking cars, I can talk cars with Glenn all day long. Yeah. But then throw in a bit of medical and a bit of tech, and we've got something that's really interesting. And I think we'd all have our minds blown constantly, you know? <laughs> I all our different fun. areas. Yeah. It'd be fascinating. Yeah, I think we could do that at one of the three locations. Yeah. How's that? That would be kind of cool too. Excellent. We just do a road trip and we just go visit them all. Yeah. <laughs> One day, can you imagine? <laughs> like the summit. We can have it almost like a TED's talk, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah. It'd be crazy. You know, let's wrap the show. Let's let's oh, give I it a we should. I think we should. I think this is this has been so we've planned out the world, we've got things going, and uh, it's it's if you're wondering what you've been listening to because you've just been drawn in, uh, Colin Thomas at We Will Fix It Dubai. It's the We Will Fix It. So my name is James Pikeway. We will fix it Dubai.com to get in touch with them. Phone and, numbers and essential oh, essential maintenance. maintenance. Yeah. If you need an annual maintenance contract, we can help with that as well. Yeah. Uh, same number for both, which is eight hundred fix eight. 800-349 on your phone. You want to find us on the socials, the larger podcasting group of Podaholics, Podaholics with a K across all your socials. You can find all of these programs. We, we posted up on Anchor, but we are available through iTunes, Google, Spotify, and a whole bunch more. Talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Sounds great.